Hello and welcome. This is Two Beers, Please. He's Yannick and Carnesau. I'm Matthew Phillips, the artist formerly known as. And we are ready to rock and roll, Yann. So much to get into. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly, we got so much to get into. I'm doing this part. I'm doing business first. Make sure you're you're on the Instagram, Two Beers, Please underscore podcast. The Twitter, do Two BP underscore podcast. Um, we've kind of had some creative discussions where I think we both have a nice feel of where we're going with both those and also just like with the tournament it's it's super easy right now to to dive into it because there's literally already basketball on right now right now yeah i know i it's sometimes in sport it's in sports social media posting sometimes there's nothing to talk about and then sometimes it's like ah <laughs> and this is one of those times everything. where it's just like everything is happening and the NFL was like, basketball's getting too much attention, so why don't we just jump in here with the two biggest news stories of, of the of the year, honestly. Dude, literally, there's so much going on. I completely, and, and I guess like partly too, uh, I blame the three other matches for like not being, I guess, I guess Bayern was sort of, it could have been a close game, it quickly wasn't. And Inter in Liverpool was a little fun, but for the most part, so, so like I completely forgot like today, I was like, Oh, yeah, there's that huge PSG Real Madrid game. Yeah, there is. I don't know I don't know if he's playing um, Mbappe or not. I think he's not, if I'm correct. I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I, threw mo- I threw money on the tie just because I like the tie odds, and I was like, I'm, I think I'm going to give him enough of a chance. The other one was close enough, but... Right. It, it, he's going to be a game-time decision, basically. The soccer equivalent of a game-time decision. Um, so, I think, honestly, I see Real Madrid running away with this one if Mbappe's not there. They were close in the last one, and and the only reason they didn't tie that game is because Mbappe, you know, had that bit of magic at the end. And, you know, I just think that he's kind of the reason that they're able to edge out a really good Madrid team. A Madrid team that can really, like, keep them at bay and then keep possession I think most importantly for them um but yeah Champions League yesterday was kind of like Liverpool let in the goal but they also weren't playing the the attacking football they necessarily needed to and I think they were content with it and Bayern was making a statement happy to see after after a couple disappointing games in the last couple weeks uh game they needed and they decided to you know hang seven on a team that didn't deserve it again (laughs) Uh, always, always good to see when we hang seven on a team for no reason. Yeah. We do well, that all the do, time. I had to do it to Salisbury. Yeah, the only, the only reason I went with the tie was, well, mostly the money was better. But I also, since PSG has the lead, I don't like, I think they can say, okay, we all kick it back and forth. And we've seen times, there was a time in this season where we all was real, real hot. But we've seen times, especially when got a, whole, a fully healthy Benzema, where we all can't be creative enough in the final third. So I'm like, I think there's a good enough chance they can keep it. Oh, uh, or if PSG can somehow just sneak one in, I'll take, I'll take the tie. Uh, next week will be, will be a little more exciting. Benfica is a huge, huge underdog right now. And right. I'm definitely, I already said it. I'm betting on Atletico. I don't, you should. I, don't I have no idea why there's such a, like, Atletico's they're playing better, better than us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Atletico's Atletico showing some better. signs of being like, oh yeah, there's that team that won La Liga. Like, right, and you maybe- look at their team and it's like, oh yeah, they have Rodrigo DePaul and Jao Felix and Antoine Griezmann. Like, they, they're exactly. stacked. It's just they have exactly. playing stacked. And, uh, they, they have enough talent up front where it's like, yeah, we can kind of suck offensively for 
nine, 90 minutes. When yeah. you add the stoppage time, that's all we – with one of those guys, they can find some space. Uh, make sure you're following the Facebook. I don't think I said that one. Uh, mm-hmm. So do that. Uh, subscribe. Like the pod. Like it's 4 a.m. and you're trying to get your crush's attention on Facebook. I don't mm. know if that's ever actually worked, but – like like this one and it'll get ours this will be the first time so there, there you go. go and give us one of those sterling five-star reviews i know you got in here um but yeah so we already really kind of talked about soccer we'll talk more about system results in the in the leagues it's not i don't i don't even know why i'm the one that made the outline why do i even bring Manchester hey, united up because you as we've talked about on the podcast before you're a noted masochist you're a noted yeah. masochist and uh and you love to you love to torture yourself. I don't know if you knew this, but I didn't know this. Champions League's got rid of the away goals rule for the knockout rounds. Completely, di- like until I was like watching like the first legs, yeah. and they were and they like said to me about. It, I was like, wait, what? Which I don't know how we missed it because like I feel like that was a massive. That's a massive change. Massive the away goal rules was stupid as shit. It was. It was fun because then there would be some crazy scenarios. Like I did. Like I, I did enjoy the drama it would give. I will say that. Right now, Manchester United's team that lost to Bayern on that last minute away goal. They're they're feeling pretty bad right now. <laughs> well, we got PSG. I mean, I think everybody's been burned by. If you play, if your yeah. team plays enough champions, that you've been burned by it before. You've been saved by it before because we had that with that the PSG game. Uh, but yeah, because honestly, and I think. Actually, I don't think I realized it until, until the second round of games because it wasn't until the Manchester United game where I was like – or maybe I did know because I was like, oh, we just need 1-1. I was like, well, no, that doesn't really help us. I didn't know after the first leg of Bayern because I remember being like, oh, we scored one away from home. That's great. Right. Like, I, I literally Wait, said so yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know because I said the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe it would have been like fun drama in the second – yeah. Yeah, I, we just we just missed it. <laughs> some sports podcast we are. I just we had too much to cover, so yeah, it was uh, it was just fun to find out. And then I literally that changed everything for me because then I was like, oh man, like Liverpool for example went in yesterday. They're not going to let in to lose two zero. Like that's not going to yeah. happen. So right. it, that game becomes a lot harder, I think, than it would have been otherwise. Um, obviously, away goals depending, but I I agree. I think that. Yeah, it changes a lot of things, but I, I think it's fair, you know, and I think that at the I end do of the like day, it too, though, because like, and for like that one, it would be like two. It's like two zero. Say Liverpool won three one at Inter, and then Inter win, does win that game yesterday two zero. Then Inter still doesn't even go to extra time because Liverpool would have had three as opposed, you know, as opposed to it both being two zero results on a and like that is where it's like it, it adds some drama in the power of the away goal, which is. It, like we said, can can add some fun, but it like logically, it's like that's stupid, right? And it's stupid because like you have so many like ifs. So now you have to think, oh, on aggregate and with away goals and in extra time and in injury time, and yeah. it's just like there's so much stuff going on at that point that it's like, is the person who wins the better team? I don't know at that point. They're close teams, no, and it's just gosh, kind of no. like a. It's just kind of a you can't say, you can't say after 180 minutes of your Thailand goals like to be like definitively be like and they're the one that deserves it because they had one more away goal like that right. is stupid right exactly it's not and also like soccer it it does matter like away versus home in soccer but not nearly as much as other sports so like it's not yeah I I think like I scoring agree. a goal away from home 
is not... There are teams that are much better on the road than they are at home. Like, that's yeah. just... I don't know why, but that's just how they are. Um, whereas I feel Dude, like... There was this, that time Manchester United under Ole Gutter who unstoppable on the road. They were like eight Couldn't get enough. Point at home. <laughs> exactly. But, but I think like... on the road, we'll bring it down. Or at least right. tie you. I think basketball probably matters the I, the most, I think. Yeah, I think and, so. Well, it's just, I mean, it's just like proximity-wise. Right, 100%. Like, like as a, it, you're so much closer to basketball players. You just are. You're closer to, I, I guess, I don't know how much hockey, and hockey, they're so zoned in. Baseball but, matters because of the diamonds, the, the stadiums being different, and maybe people are better at hitting yeah. in their own stadium. But I don't know how the fans really affect. Like maybe some rivalry games like playing in Boston as a Yankee or playing in New York as a Red Sox, maybe. Or yeah. like the Giants-Dodgers series. But I, I still think it's basketball is, is the most. Just because you're so close. There's so much interaction with the fans um, that you just don't see in other sports. Yeah. Yeah, just like the sheer... I mean, because then, I mean, the, the argument for soccer or like football, probably like college football, you especially say, is what benefit to those outside stadiums, even though without the proximity is you can have you know, upwards of 100,000 people. And that, you know, that starts making a difference, too. But I, yeah, I still I kind of still think it's basketball. Anyway, yeah, I, it's a rule that somehow slipped through no our, our fingers. We're going to miss one every I'm so really often. Glad. I'm really glad. It's like. That's, I think that was the most thing that surprised me. I was like, yeah, I thought, like, I think both of us thought that that should have been gotten rid of forever ago. And so, like, a rule that you don't really expect them to, like, I didn't feel like there was all that conversation about it, but it's done, yeah. thankfully. Good job. Yeah, it's because UEFA, no one wants to talk about UEFA and their rule changes after the whole Super League thing. So everyone's just like, uh, it, something happened. We don't know. We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, um, we, still, we still don't trust you guys. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, Syracuse, Syracuse is starting hot. Ooh, couldn't you see? We're gonna get into college basketball here in a bit. Couldn't you see Syracuse just going on a real hot? They got of if they win this I game. Could. Yeah. Every March, Syracuse Bayheim, could win the tournament. Like I don't like, know what it is, but they could. have to go. They, I mean, they're not even going to the NIT if they don't make a run. Like they're 15th in a bad year, but that's that's why the conference tournaments are so much fun. We will certainly get into them. But Yannick, there's there's something we're getting into first. Why, why don't you tell the people what I've got on right now? After after putting it away and, and resigning himself to another loss to the to the 49ers last Bad. playoffs, He's Matt bad. has has donned the Aaron Rodgers jersey. He's got the backwards Packers hat on. He's proudly looking at his uh, Packers ownership plaque. He is happy because the man. <laughs> Actually, he's looking at the, the game, but it is over there. Yeah, no, but the man, the myth, the legend is back. I believe it's a four-year contract, from what I understand. Although he went on Twitter like. Oh, uh, yeah, I got signed no that. Idea. But like, I was like, you know what? Whatever. As long as four we're going years, back. four years does seem kind of like a lot, but <clears throat> it does. It, it, it I could see it being. I mean, I, it's, I, I, who knows? But right, exactly. Because it's going to be structured very. Right. It's know. it's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird contract deal. And knowing Rogers, he's going to have a billion weird clauses in it. Like, oh, if you make me cut my hair, I get to leave immediately. Like, if my sibling goes on The Bachelor, I don't have to talk to my family ever again. <laughs> Aaron, we don't have anything to do with that. I don't. But I do, right. and I'm sick of it. Put it in the goddamn contract. Put it in the contract. No. I'm... Um, I think it was. I was. It's good job for him to not wait until after the franchise tag situation um, to do it. 
I think that that would have made things difficult for for the Packers organization, or not difficult, just a little more confusing, and they would have had to get, do a little more guesswork. So he does it before that deadline yesterday, and yeah, Aaron Rodgers back as a Green Bay Packer, and I know, Matt, we watched you disappointed last playoff season again. How hopeful are you going into this playoffs? No, always, 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 always. I mean, always. like, look, like, yeah, everything I said is still true about like his playoff kind of failures in the past mostly i mean i put the jersey away because i thought he was gonna walk away i didn't really think like just the way that game ended but i think to maybe his credit i think if that game had ended maybe like the buccaneers game had ended and it and he felt like he really didn't have the chance like the game was taken out of his hands then then maybe he would have gone but i think in this game like he he had to blame himself like to, to, to lose 13 to 10 like he had to be like look i that's on me. I can't walk away like that. Um, and I do think, I mean, I think Green Bay, the organization, has done everything to appease him and bring him back. And it's, I had a friend already, like, like, what do you think about the contract? I'm like, I, whatever they have to pay him. Because, like, yeah, it's, it's going to screw us in the years, Pat. But, like, how many times have, have people just been like, man, just, just pay your really good quarterback and – I, if, if we got a, if it's a four-year contract and we go to four straight NFC championship games and lose them all, it's going to be better than what we would do in the four years without him. So I'm pumped he's back. I'm optimistic. I mean, I think a lot of that offense is, is coming back. And, and anytime you have Aaron Rodgers alone, and like especially in the NFC, I think, and we'll talk about how the, the AFC has gotten a little more deadly uh, in here in a second, but like the NFC – just getting Rodgers back, like, I feel confident enough to be like, yeah, we're the second best team. Yeah. No, you are, especially since Brady is left. I think that's very, very confident thing you can say. And I agree. I think if you guys got to four NFC championships and lost all four of them, that could still be considered a success. I It should be for any it. team. I'm taking like, it. Yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, like, would especially it be? The, especially, like, while we're not doing that, you, you go do that somewhere else. Right, exactly. And he would, is the problem. He would. Like, so, I think that, you know, like, we'll talk about a team that lost their quarterback. They, doesn't matter, like, you can say all you want about how good the trade was. They have consigned themselves to being losers for the next six years. Like, they have. And and that's that's, that's what happens I mean, when you lose a quarterback like that. And, like, like I said, like, I already felt good about the Rodgers thing. Let's, let's get into it right now. Russell Wilson traded from the Seahawks. To the Denver Broncos. Unbelievable. We'll get into all the specifics, but just in the quick like comparison of the two, like, yeah, how do you feel about Rodgers coming? There's, I know he's dramatic. He makes things difficult at times. He's blah, blah, blah. I can tell you right now, I feel a lot better as a Packers fan than I would as a Seahawks fan, just like where my franchise is. Right, exactly. Like, it, you know, not exactly the same situation, but at the same time. No, not at all. But, but, but at the same time, you're right. Like, the Seahawks, okay. Going into this next season, for example, even though the Seahawks sucked last season, are you telling me you wouldn't look at the Seahawks with Russell Wilson and still think they could make a run? They absolutely could. They have Russell Wilson. Like, they could, well, of like, course. They got a nice trade package, and, and, and the run for Rodgers may have been, I don't know, Russell's got a few more years on, on Rodgers, so I don't know how much more lucrative a one for Rodgers would be. Probably still a little bit more. But, like, looking at what the package they got, I'm like, that's a good package and everything. But if I'm really comparing, huh, do I want – one of the best, like one of the best quarterbacks, or do I want that package? Yeah, I still want that. One of those best quarterbacks for as many years as I can get them. 
Right, exactly. And and I think the Seahawks, there was nothing going forward. I think you're right. Pete Carroll is, is, is out the door very soon or retiring very soon. So I think for the Seahawks, they're like... Over, over under one and a half years for, for Pete. Under. Under. Yeah, he's got to like, be next, next year, right? After next year. I feel, like he's, I feel like he might even be like being a good guy and being like, all right, I'll be here for a bit and like help kind of stabilize. And I can see, you know, I think he's a guy that maybe want to go like front office and do still not totally step away. But yeah, it's got to be just last year. I don't see him having any kind of excitement coaching this team next year, <laughs> let alone a year after this that. Is I, a, this is a total rebuild. It's a total rebuild, and and they'll have the chance to. My problem with the deal, right, is like, yeah, like you get Noah Fant, who we know and love, and he's a great player, and you get Drew Locke, who, I mean, think deserves a chance, but at the same time, the O-line you're going to is worse, so it's like he's just going to get so injured, he's not going to be able to play anymore. Um, it's... So a lot, my, a lot of what a lot of what the quarterback play that was done well in Seattle, especially over the last few years, was because Russell Wilson was making plays out of nothing. Yeah, not not sure Drew Locke can do that same thing. No, he can't. We've seen him try to do it around a mediocre Broncos offensive line. He still couldn't do that. So I think that you know those two things I wouldn't be so excited about because they're just like part of the deal. The picks are great. You got a lot of great picks. Unfortunately. The Seattle Seahawks are not good at picking in the draft. So it's like, yeah, this could be great if you, you guys it. get your shit together. Like, right. you haven't drafted a pro bowler since Bobby Wagner. Like, he's yeah. <laughs> he's just retiring almost now. Like, come on. Like, Track record is downright atrocious. It is. And so I, I hope the best for them. But I just see the Seahawks being the laughing stock of the NFC for a little bit here, at least, especially the NFC West. Like they might, right. well, they might go like part of the that's part of the, the shitty ass like place they're in. They're not. Those oh, this teams team. Are, no, no matter where the like, I know the Cardinals are going through some stuff. They're still sitting a lot better with the, the Seahawks right now. Right. Like if you switch the Seahawks and the Packers divisions, I still think the Seahawks could be the second best team in the AFC North. But like. I, the NFC North, but like they, unfortunately, they're in a in a you know growing burgeoning division. Yeah. yeah. So I think a that, division, no division where all the other teams made the playoffs last year. Exactly, and could have won it. You know, at at some point. You know, I think that um, I think that's something to consider. But yeah, I mean, on the Denver side of things, uh, it's it's really I think exciting because I th- Denver is a place that can only and it's been shown through the years. No matter how good Denver is, they need that star quarterback. Even if it's just to have him at the helm. Like, even if it's Peyton Manning even to be there. Even if he can there. barely throw the ball anymore. But that's how they operate. It's how it would happen with Elway. It's what happened with Manning. And it's and it's what's happening now. I think that, for some reason, they need that star there to really flourish as much as they can. And they had a good team last year, but they didn't have that star quarterback. And if I'm Denver, I'm telling Russell Wilson, listen... We love that you're here. You're going to be the star quarterback. We love that. We're going to have you do so much less than you did in Seattle. Like, you got these good receivers that can throw, and, and you can throw too, and you will throw plenty of touchdowns. But you know who else you got? You got Javante Williams That'll, back yeah. there. You got a running game. You got a running game. So please, make it like it's eight years ago in Seattle. Run that ball. Don't try to throw it on first down. Run the ball. Don't try to throw it in the end zone. Just run it. And uh, you're gonna be fine, and we can we can really make some damage. Now, granted, they go into a hard division, 
and nothing will be given to him. Every game in that division is going to be a blockbuster game. I cannot wait for it. Maybe, maybe the only tougher division in the aforementioned. The, yeah. You combine the AFC and the NFC West. That is uh, eight. Well, besides the Seahawks. Yeah, besides the Seahawks. But you always have one one outcast. Yeah. yeah Seven exactly. athletes, pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's going to be really exciting to see, you know, the Broncos team and see where how far they can go. I do believe that like they need to still fix the offensive line in the draft or in the in the free agency because I believe they were 27th in sacks allowed and and Russell Wilson, you know, is a sackable quarterback. He he is he gets sacked a lot anyway because of the way that he plays. So they're going to need to really shore up that offensive line, make sure that they don't send Russell into the into the medical tent game 1. Um because that's that's not what you want to see, uh, but hey, if I'm Seattle, I have one move for Seattle: just just sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know he wants to come and play. You know that he's ready. Sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. Screw Drew Trulock. Yeah. Sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. I guarantee you, you win at least two more games than you would with with Drew Lock. You're gonna win five games, oh. and it's gonna be great. If, it's gonna be Fitzman. If they, if I, they, if, uh, thing that would have scared me the most about the Packers. Broncos trade, which apparently from like what we're hearing was never even really going to be a thing. Sounds like the Broncos and the Seahawks had been in discussions for right. a lot longer. And the Packers sounds, sounds like legitimately, I think Rogers was, it was kind of more retirement or coming back. Um, I don't know how much he, they say he seriously considered retirement. I, you know, man. So you yeah. take everything that guy says with a, uh, you know, grain of salt, Large right? scoop of um, salt. Right. Large scoop. Yeah. Forget the, Forget the grade. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I think certainly the Broncos, you're, they're a playoff team now, um, at least in, in, in the playoff contention. I, I, I would say, put like, I'd be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs with the roster they have. But I put them more in, like, like I mean, I think the top the AFC, you go Bills. I still think you say Chiefs and, and kind of have to go Bron- or Bengals now. But I, I put the Broncos more in that range with, with maybe, like, you know, the Ravens. Um, which I think the Ravens even could, you know, depending on if they can feel the healthy team, they could join that upper echelon. But kind of the Ravens, I think maybe the Pats, um, and, and those kind of those other teams in their division, the Chargers, the Raiders, sort of that that middle pack. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to be excited if you're a Broncos fan. You get, you get yourself a good quarterback. But I, I agree. I'm not sure it's the, like, total, all right, now we're, we're ready to. I'm not, like, I mean, the last two seasons we've seen a, a first-year quarterback win – Super Bowl at a new team. I'm. I guess it's probably it's easier for me to say hindsight. I feel less confident about him being able to do it than the other two in in the situations. But I do like it. Doesn't feel as like Brady and Stafford really felt like okay, lock this in. They this team should do it. I don't. I don't know if I feel as confident in the Broncos with with this addition. I agree. I think you know Brady. You know. The, the only question was the ever everlasting question in Brady's career, which was, is, is now the year that Father Time catches up? And it wasn't. But we knew that team was going to be stacked because of all the people they signed. And with the Rams, we knew that as well. And like Stafford was a long situation, a long question that needed answering. So there was <clears throat> that part of it as well. With Russell, I mean, we had an episode earlier where we talked about how people are being too hard on Russell Wilson and taking him out of that top quarterback conversation but on the flip side of that a lot of the problems that were there in the last two parts of the Seahawks tenure 
was number one, that the Seahawks just didn't have the team that they needed to have around Russell, but number two, that Russell made some bad decisions. And so this is a team where he doesn't have to do be superhero. Like the offensive line is still good enough where the running game is established and he can have the players defined. He has Cortland Sutton and he has Jerry Judy and, and, and he will have more players, I'm sure, um, to replace those other uh, guys that they shipped off. But he's still going to have to show a little bit that he can play mistake-free. Because now if the Broncos establish themselves at a good team, but Russell makes some of these mistakes that we saw him make last year especially, I think that uh, that's still a question that needs to be answered. Now, I'm not putting it all on him. We know the Seahawks are the reason that team was bad, and it's not Russell. And we know the finger injury had a lot to do with it. Um, but I, when, when, when he got signed, I... I saw people posting like highlights of him throwing that pass against Arizona like six years ago. And I was like, that's not who you got. Like, that's not that you didn't get Russell Wilson. Up that's, not that's not who we've seen. That's not who maybe And maybe he's still there. I mean, because I think, cause I think that's the thing with Russell. I think it's kind of what you were saying earlier. Like, you can't ask too much of him. Like, we, like right. we had in that, that, that episode. No, he's not a top five quarterback. Like, he, he isn't. He's not going to single handedly in a game be able to, to overcome all your deficiencies, but yeah, you give him a good defense, you give him a good running play. He is good enough to make those big time plays at, at times when you need him to. Like, it's like, yeah, I mean, you compare a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo when the play needs to happen when, and his team has set himself up to make it happen. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to Russell Wilson in the past, I think has. I, I, so the question is because you're right. We haven't seen that Russell Wilson. Can he still find that playmaking ability and I think the Broncos do give him the, the, the chance to at least kind of to find that again. We'll see, though, because, it, you know, and he is. I mean, like there's there's times too where it's like Russell Wilson has overcome a lot size wise and all this stuff. And, and it, it's still a factor. It still impacts his game. Like it, it doesn't mean it's it doesn't make it a lot more difficult on him. It just does. And and he's getting older. He's getting a little slower. He's been beat. So the, the game's not going to get easier for a guy who i mean like we say a guy like peyton Manning, and peyton was not great in those last few denver years but lucky for peyton all peyton had to do was hike stand there and that's what he did for 20 years russell's game it does require a little bit uh bit more you know to it because because of just his size and just the way he plays yeah he can't play like kyler murray he can't play like patrick mahomes even i think that he has to he has to understand that he is a strong passer, and I think that the Broncos have to understand that and not try to make him be anything but that, because that's that's how he's going to last longer. That's how he's going to be able to, you know, help the team the most, especially with how good the running game and defense is for the Broncos. You know, I it's exactly like Peyton Manning. I know you don't see Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson in the same light. Not you. I just meant the general public. But right, right. But but that's how they should treat it. They should treat it like, okay, we have a dynamic quarterback that when when backs against the wall, we know he's got that talent. But he needs to use that when we need it and not to to like play the game on a general basis, you know? So I think that they should treat it like that. And Russell just needs to be able to take that on. I'm, I'm a little concerned about that aspect of it. How much is Russell going to be okay with maybe not being superhero Russ, which I know you know he loves to be. Um, but I, I, I think that he's a smart enough guy where he can he can maybe put his ego aside 
uh, for that part of it. Not, I mean, he's he's got he's he's got a big ego. He does, and so I think that that's something to take in consideration too. You know, what do the Broncos ask of him? Are, is he okay with what they ask? Because I think the worst thing you can do is just be like, do what you did in Seattle. Because he's either going to get injured or he's going to start making a ton of mistakes again. And then, you know, where does that leave you? You're back. Yeah, you're not. Kind of almost back to square one. I do think, funny enough, I kind of think I feel more confident in this situation with first year, with the first year head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. And not even so much because he's a Packer guy. I just, I like Vic Fangio. I think he's a terrific defensive coordinator. I don't think he's a, a great head coach. Nope. And if he was the head coach and, and this trade had gone down, I would I would be a little I'd be a little more hesitant on like thinking it was going to be really successful. Right. Yeah. Vic Fangio just showed that he couldn't even handle the quarterback situation in in Denver last year. Like he just didn't know what to do half the time. So I agree. I mean, there's a reason he was fired fairly early on. Um, they they were like Sorry, we, were, we we did okay, but this isn't working. Um, so I'm not surprised there. Yeah, I think I think Nathaniel Hackett probably you know. He's he's he probably threw that in, you know, was like I worked with Rogers. I, I know how to I know how to get, you know, my quarterbacks where they need to go. And as the offensive coach, you know, you're always going to be man number one. So, you know, just help us help us. You're, do what you're we the Bronc. If you're the Broncos right now, you're hoping you're hoping that guy's just got the tape rolling and the playbook and pencil out and just dialing up. Because, I mean, really, if you're if you are an offensive guy, you, you do have to think like. As much as we've said, hey, restrain Russell, he still has a lot of capabilities, and, and you have a, a lot of those young weapons, a strong running game, where you should be kind of salivating at the bits. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, good news for most teams. Not great news for the Atlanta Falcons, as wide receiver Calvin Ridley. kind of feel bad laughing, but not that bad. I've probably laughed at I've definitely laughed at worse than that. Um, but Calvin Ridley suspended – for the entire 2022 season for betting on NFL games. I'm not sure. I'm sure actually you've all probably seen the joke before that it was a $1,500 bet that cost him $11 million. So pretty expensive bet, which is accurate. Uh, Jan, what, I mean, what do you think about the whole Ridley thing? Yeah. I mean, he's dumb for doing that. Like that's, like, let's right. get that out of the way. As much as I'm going to talk now about like, why it's why Thank it's you. like maybe not fair, it's dumb. You know you can't do that. Like, like common sense, let alone like actually knowing the rule book. It was dumb. It was so dumb. I would have liked rather if he was an extensive, like extensive better who like just did all this stuff. It would have been more illegal, sure. But at least then you're like, wow, he's really into betting. But he just threw fifteen hundred down for for. For shits and giggles, and now on an app. <laughs> on an yeah. app, like yeah, yeah I would, I would have had so much more respect if it was like Kevin really has been betting millions of dollars with this bookie, and you plot like whatever, and all of a sudden I'm like, damn, Kevin really, okay, you, they, you have to register yourself on the, they, you make, they give you your social security number, like, are you kidding me, dude? Right. How yeah. did you think you were gonna get away with doing that, especially for like? And we'll talk about the NFL's like thoughts on betting, but like we know what their thoughts are. They are very strict on it. So like to Every be like Every sport in the world is strict on it. Like you yeah. can't bet on your own that that's not yeah. how it works. 
He should know that, so he shouldn't have done it in the first place. And if you are going to do it, come on. Like, yeah. that's like... <laughs> Be a little smart about it. He did the equivalent of, like, let me just inject the steroids on the sideline behind a little little post. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? That was like, yeah, let me just really quick. Right like, before I get up to bat. Right. That is a great, that is a great analogy. That's what the, it was. And it so is. He can, it is. It like, is. That's how obvious it is. Like, it's just like, dude, yeah, they... Yeah, the, the person who caught him is like, he signed his name Calvin Ridley. I was like, is that that Calvin Ridley? And I bet in his bio he was like, receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Uh, yes, the real yeah. Calvin Ridley. This yeah, they probably, they, honestly, the probably person were like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not this dumb, right? This is just, that'd be another yeah. Calvin Ridley in the end. Nope. And then they called him, he's like, just checking, is this Calvin Ridley? Yeah. Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, gosh, that's rough. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, he was, he's so dumb to do that, so he can tweet out whatever he wants. Oh, he's only 1,500. Yeah, you're dumb, though. Come on, like, that's, right. it's not, it's not, you, you deserve a suspension because you know the rules and you set, you know, and you actively flaunted them in a way that wasn't even trying to hide it. So, well, that's, his tweet, she was like, I don't have a problem. We're like, well, honestly, uh, like, unfortunately, in this situation, the NFL doesn't want people, uh, players not betting, not because they care about gambling problems. Like, yeah, they're I not like, we just want to make sure he's are okay. very serious. That's yeah. not really where the NFL is coming from here, man. So, uh, I, sorry. Yeah, it's not It's not like the NFL is like, oh, are you, well, let's just have him oh, well, a therapist. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. You're I'm reinstated. Just, that's all We were us, just man. looking at you. We were just looking you at you. You just wanted to have a little fun. I get that. Yeah, okay. we all do. We just want to make yeah. sure you're not going on a slippery slope. You know what I mean? We care. We're we the NFL. We care about you. Like yeah. that's that's checking how, out, checking out on you. Players first, uh, baby. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think the bigger issue here is that, and and Jay Williams said it great on Get Up the other day, and it's it's what I believe too. It does remind us that like there are and these. I sent you that picture. And you sent me that picture. I sent that picture to you before Jay Will said that. You did. You did. But the words I'm about to say are from Jay Will. That's what I meant. Um, but but I think there's something to be said about there are these such hard and fast rules for for things like illegal betting. Where how long do you think the deliberation took for this entire season suspension? Maybe an hour. They were like, "That's the rule. That's what we're going to do." Meanwhile, the NFL has had a huge problem with like domestic abuse. And those guys are getting weeks of suspension at most and like or like a couple, a couple games. Couple games here and there. Right. And and then it always takes like two games and they play in those two games while they're while they're waiting for their vert I mean, it's crazy. So it does bring that to light and and you think, okay, well, like I, not saying that this isn't, you know, justified because of the way that it was done and like the stupidity of it, like so transparent. Um, but at the same time, if Calvin Ridley is going to get suspended for a year, and 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 all of these players who are involved in domestic abuse are going to get a couple a couple games off, basically, I think you should reevaluate what you're doing there. Right. Well, and then, you know, it, it's honestly like, I mean, to me, it's absurd that you're stricter on on betting or marijuana usage than domestic violence. I, like, I, I think that's absurd. That's yeah. But but I think more even what the problem is 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 the way they view each of these offenses. It, like you said, probably an hour, very black and white with Betty. 
very black and white with drug usage, which you know what? I'm fine with. If you want to be black and white about those things, I, I think that's that's totally fine. You no betting, boom, black and white. Domestic violence, why why do why is that where the great oh well this and that? No. It right. It, if it's if it's domestic violence at all, boom, umbrella done. And like I I, I think it, it 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 has to be. I don't care how minimal it was, it has to be as severe as these sort of punishments because otherwise like all all of the punishments alone are, are kind of a sham in my eyes right exactly and it and it's almost like i think the problem with how they view domestic assault is that it's it's such a it's such a charged issue that they almost want it to be proven before they actually do anything about it like they need all the proof in the world and, and, and here's the thing the nfl doesn't like yeah. i'm fine but you know me i'm, I'm always court of law and, and and there are times that I know people that probably should have been convicted don't get convicted because there's there's a million things when it comes to court of law. The NFL isn't they don't have to do that. And playing yeah. in the NFL part of because here's the thing: should NFL players be able to bet? And a very micro like person to person thing. No, I don't think it sounds like all that bad of a thing. But right. it like no, they they shouldn't. Because it, they they alone have privileges as NFL players. Like they can be like like Calvin Ridley. They're like he doesn't have insider information. But as players, they have insider in, information. Like there's a privilege of being an, an NFL player. And I think part of being a, a privilege of being an NFL player is if you're if you're getting yourself into a situation where it, the the domestic violence and all that stuff is even in, in discussion and all that stuff, then you can't like that you got to be punished because here's the other thing people through our court system will still so, like at times it doesn't sound accurate but like still get their due in a not guilty or a out of court settlement sort of thing like sometimes things will, and i think then the nfl gets this kind of way like way around it of being like well not guilty so they didn't do it and like that that's not what the law i mean like not guilty doesn't mean somebody didn't do it uh and, and yeah, i just think the nfl just general has to be stricter like you don't have to follow any innocent until proven guilty things you don't like being an nfl player is a privilege right it's a business you're running you're not a part of normal life where you're saying that they can't leave their house during this thing it's a business they're a part of and if someone is involved in a domestic abuse case it should just be an indefinite suspension it should just be you're suspended until this gets figured out because regardless of of the court of law and a court this is being investigated and like we can't in good conscience as a business just like a normal business would be like we can't in good conscience like know that you know you are in trouble for this thing and even we're not the court of law so we're not going to do that indefinite suspension because it's a serious issue and it should it come out that everything is fine, then the suspension can get lifted. But at that point, it's like you have suspended them for a long amount of time. And that's just the if, because let's be completely honest, how many of these cases has shown that nothing happened? Like, none of them. Like, come on. Like, this is a very, it's a severe issue. Ma mass majority. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I agree. Like, this well, issue that's, itself. That's thing, too. It's like punishment in general. Like, the reason that you, you ban Calvin Ridley the full season is in theory you're saying to everybody else don't do this shit yeah because then that you're is banned. a great point that is a great then you're point. out for this two games eh. 
man, right. I can go, I can go two games. Like it, it, the the punishment does not match the severity of what's occurring, and, and, and so it becomes the sort of thing like I'm not I'm not scared of that like that. But when you make it actually something where we're like, no, we're not fucking around with this, because because that's the other thing. As soon as you say we're not fucking around with this, I bet you a lot of those gray area situations start disappearing real quickly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's such a great point that you bring up. It's just it's it's not just about the specific case. It's about sending a message about where you stand on this issue that is pervasive in in your organization. In your so, league. Yeah. Yeah. Like a specific it's, football problem. Right. Exactly. So. I agree. I, they need to re, they need to revisit it. I'm I'm sure that you know it'll be on the table at some point, and hopefully that they make the right moves this time around. Uh, luckily, I think it's a it's an issue that that I'm more hopeful that things change. Uh, other than like for example, I don't I, agree. I I never believe that the marijuana situation is going to get solved in a way that that like is actually like more forward thinking about marijuana. I just think that they're so far to the one side that it's like, I don't really see a lot of movement there. As soon as, soon as they can make, as soon as they can make money off of marijuana, they'll legalize it. Yeah. That's as, soon, <laughs> as soon as soon as marijuana can be like Bud Light, they'll be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, you're, you're sure. good. You're in. Right. But up until that moment, I don't see, I think this is something that in one off season can be fixed. Well, and I, I really think do. too, I do think it's one of those things where I think the general public, like, I think people are probably too, just like less concerned. Like I think NFL players probably are all smoking pot and pretty good at getting away with it. So I think the fight is less there. I feel like more now and, and maybe I might be, be being a very naive white straight dude. Um, but I feel like people are, are so much more vigilant on that. Like I, before, even like back in the Ray Rice times, like when, when that sort of domestic thing would happen, to be like, Oh, this is horrible. Like we, and then two weeks later, it's like, ah, it, it yeah. feels, and I, I might be completely wrong on that and it might just be optimistic for change, but certainly hope so. And, uh, yeah, it, it is, it's just one of those things where cause yeah, it's, it's not even so much of like. Oh, do I think they need to be less restricting about betting? Like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. Like, no, like athletes can't, athletes shouldn't be able to bet. Like, you, they just can't. It's, it, it's just not a possible thing. Uh, as soon as you retire, bet all you freaking want. And you'll still be probably privy to information. So I, I'm okay with your side, but like, why are an athlete? No. Uh, but if, if we're going to be black and white, if we're going to be strict about certain things that we all know are less serious. Like there's, there's no, there's nobody in here in, in the world being like, well, betting in marijuana is worse than beating someone. There's nobody making that argument. And so when you're not as strict and severe with something like that occurs, it's, it's just ridiculous. Right. Exactly. And it, it, I think, you know, two of them, Two of those arguments are like privilege arguments. What we talk about, like, should there be some caps on it? Sure, because you know you're not. This isn't just your normal life. You're working in a business, and you have to abide by business rules. And if these are the business rules, these are the business rules, regardless of if you believe in them or not. However, with the other issue, it's like saying in any circumstance, well, we don't care if he does these horrible things because he's good at his job. And it's like, what other business would that fly in? Come on, like that's not. It's it's not a question of business rules at that point. It's like there's certain things that well, apply to apply all business. In any, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. I mean, but more to the point, this situation, Calvin Ridley it was a dumbass, and like I, 
he lost the season and he can say all he wants about how much money it is, but I don't care if it was $10. You bet money on right. an app. Like, I, what are you doing? Like, you know that's not... There's no There's no rule. It's like, hey, as long as you bet $1,500 or less, if it said that in the fine print, Calvin, I'd be cheering you. I'd say, you're right, Calvin. They said you could bet $1,500. That's exactly what you did. Um, You're right. No, they say you can't bet. And, yeah. Period. And also, I understand that you're a professional athlete that makes a, a good amount of money. I have never... I bet a good amount... I don't – I bet – I'm pretty – I'm also pretty timid with my betting. I'm not sure I've ever bet in total. Like, $1,500 is still a good chunk of change, dude. Like, you can't act like that's, like, nothing. Right, exactly. It's it, it's not nothing. And uh, I also love that he kind of pointed out, well, I voted I, I voted for us to win, so it wasn't bad. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Which so I, not like, the... I love that. Like, yeah. I get it. Good it and like I get what you think like you're betting that's on why yourself. I think, that's why I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Right, hundred percent. But, but I, you still got to get in trouble when you break a rule. That's pretty like clearly made a clear stance. Yeah, and I think and I and I do think right now like with where betting is is going, I, I think you do have to be strict because it's a it's a like betting and that sort of corruption include and all that. It, it's a Real slippery slope of of where things can start getting bad and, and such. Hundred percent. You got to send a message about whether it's right or wrong in in that sense. Because yeah, you you start if you did put a fifteen hundred dollar cap on it, then like people find their ways into things then that oh, are yeah. actual collusion. So I think that it, it was the right message. Does it suck for him? Yeah. Should he have not done it in the first place? Yeah. Also, I'm like, I mean, I don't really know the specific here, but like, I don't know, doesn't Calvin Ridley have a friend? Hey, can I Venmo you $1,500? You go and drive? Maybe he still found out that way. Maybe they're real tight. But like, again, you're going to do the crime. At least, please be a little better with it. All right, Jan, let's talk about a place where criminal things are occurring just constantly. Manchester United is just just beating me down. Actually, not really. I've designed myself with it. But beaten very thoroughly, 4-1 to by Manchester City. It was what I was expecting, maybe a little worse. But honestly, the way they were playing, the way we've been playing, 4-1 to seemed about exactly what I – I can't believe we got one. When Sanchez – I was like, heck yeah. There's a little – a bright spot of the day. I'll take it. Uh, Didn't last long, but we got it. How bad are things at Manchester United right now? Oh, they're pretty bad. Uh, it's weird. Uh, you know, the other day I, I, I told you this, that Bayern's playing kind of bad, but winning fixes everything. Um, and it does. Winning fixes everything, and I think that has been Manchester 1-1 draws do not. 1-1 draws do not. But I think that's been to Manchester United's advantage in the past couple of years, where maybe they didn't have all the stuff figured out, but they were winning games enough to be like, oh, but maybe nothing's wrong. But the cat's out of the bag. Like, this team <laughs> is disjointed in so many different levels. There's problems with the defense. There's problems with the midfield. There's problems with the offense. There's problems with the coaching. There's just so much going wrong. Ronaldo not even going to that game. Who knows what that's about. And I I just think things are looking pretty bad. And I don't... My problem with Manchester United isn't that things are looking bad. Because that happens sometimes. Teams just are going in and out of form and they pick it back up. But problem is, like, I don't really see how you fix it without, like, players just playing better, you know? And I'm just, I just, 
I just don't have any uh, faith right now in, in these players that I see that are just out of form in like them picking it back up again. They have just so many players that look like a shell of themselves. And, and you know, this game showed it. You know, we all had the hope that maybe this was the game Manchester United rounded to form. Hell you had hope. I had you the hope. hope. I had the hope. <laughs> I had the hope for you. Manchester United fans had zero. Right. But it's happened in the past where sometimes the, you know, cometh the hour, that's when you run to form. And they didn't. They played but exactly. I think, but I think probably even more like, to, like I guess, like right to the point you said earlier, because this isn't teams getting the bad patches. We've certainly seen this isn't the first time I've asked you on this podcast. And, and Manchester United has been struggling far before we started this podcast. Hey, what, what's going on with Man U? How bad are they? What's this situation look like? This one does it easily feels like the worst one because there is just like you said, there's so much disconnect and it feels like but it, I, I know you got a lot of young players that you want to develop and, and help kind of figure out their way. But you got a lot of old guys, especially I mean, like at the end of the day, I think you can say it pretty defiantly. Uh, I'm, I kind of still am glad they did it because I never got to watch him in a Manchester United kit. The Ronaldo transfer is a failure. It, it was a horrible, horrible move. It's been an absolutely disastrous move for, for both sides. Like I, I think Ronaldo is, this is clearly not what he was hoping for uh, either, although I know he's making even more and more money, so he's probably doing okay. Uh, but let me get a few more Instagram ads. But like that, that transfer has been horrible because like the disconnect of the older guys and younger guys, and you kind of bring in Rolf Ragnick to, to what was supposed to be this like – complete reset and it doesn't feel like that at all like it, it feels not like a reset I, the only hope that i had like i i don't i it, it seems like it was maybe the situation too was worse or like than ragnick expected or, or just not really what he could take on um because it, like he is not you can't say he's impacted the situation better in any way as bad as these players have played um so i the whole thing is bad. I like. I'm hoping. I almost think he should step away in the summer. And, and obviously, you can't get rid of all these guys. I think you you still have to have faith in some of them. You and me were talking about like you get the right manager in. Like a guy like Antonio Rudiger was not playing well in Chelsea, and now he looks like a world class center back under Thomas Tuchel. So there's those players that that if you get the right manager and and, and such and such there. And I know, man, you has some of those guys. Uh, which which ones they are, I'm not entirely sure about at the moment. Um, but I, I know they're there. So it, to me, I, I kind of feel like you really have to, and I think Manchester United has, they've, I mean, probably the biggest thing like the Seahawks, their transfers have, have been horrendous since Ferguson's left. And it's been such a hold of like trying to be a top club and money wise, they still are, but success wise, they are not where it, it now. I mean, I kind of feel like you just got to be like, right, let's start from ground zero. We still we, we still have a ton of money. We still have a ton of prestige that we can build. For, like I said, we're not going to start from zero, but I, but I like I, I think you just need to clean house as much as you can because this, it it's a shit show. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. I think. Oh man, I just you guys have needed a rebuild for so long, and it seems like you've avoided it, and then it just like exactly. Comes back. But it's time, and I think my biggest issue with Manchester United is not any of the players, it's kind of the coach. I think with Ranić, you were hoping he would steady the season and then move into more of a GM position. Um, 
I wouldn't do that anymore. I would no. I would cut ties completely with I, him. I think this partnership needs to end. Yeah, exactly. But it's the culture. The culture. I was wondering. Took- I was wondering what you were thinking about. That. I was like, I wonder if I'm being too hard on him. So I'm glad. We're no, 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 no. I agree. I mean, listen. When someone comes in with like a holistic, I'm going to change everything attitude like that. There's two ways that can go. Either it's immediate results, or it makes it worse, and it has made it worse. And, like, that's not his fault. It's, right. I think that, like, it just was a situation that it didn't work. And I think I maybe even mentioned what I, like, say, or, like, maybe he didn't fully see kind of the cracks there. Because, yeah, like you say, like, you, you kind of come in, you bring that pressure, and either it takes those cracks in, in a team and brings it all together into one unit, or it breaks you into a million pieces. And it has obviously been the latter at, at Manchester United. Right, exactly. And it just feels like... They need to hit a reset. I would get rid of the coach. I would get rid of, honestly, <clears throat> and this is going to make your team worse. I, I do think so. Sell like, Pogba. Sell, sell, sell do it every, all. Sell, do it all. Sell, sell all of the players, I think, that are that are part of that culture problem. Get rid of Harry Maguire. I don't, I don't, I, I think. I, he would be my top guy to get rid of, Jan. I think he, for a while, I was like, I don't know how much blame I want to put at this dude's feet. And obviously, he doesn't deserve all of it, but I, yeah, I think he is at the heart of. And, and how can you not be? He's the the captain, and he is a massive signing as your center, like, and he's been shit. Right. So I think you get rid of those players that <clears throat> have like a personality issue a little bit. I the Ronaldo trade is a failure. You are a hundred percent right on that, and it's the same thing as the Ranić signing. You hoped it would bring everybody together because you needed a change, and it has made the situation worse for everybody it did, in it every did way. For like three, four weeks, it's a fun little ride. And then, yeah, but now, and but then now the rest, and, then, and then, like we said about even when they made the transfer, there were still all those other holes that Manchester United didn't, you know, attend to. And after those fun little weeks where he was scoring. The goals stopped coming as much, and the other holes started revealing themselves more. Right, and I think they should have seen that. Like, yeah, can Ronaldo impact a game at any moment? Yeah, but you know what else Ronaldo can do? Completely shut down because your team is not good. And so you should have looked at your team and be like, is this personality that we're bringing in, this once-in-a-generation player who is known to get super frustrated when the situation isn't working his way, is that what we really need right now? Because you can say all you want about, but he used to be in Manchester United, he loved Manchester United. He loved United when he was a boy. When he was a boy and he was coming up, and and, and that's his first experience. He's not the same guy, you know? He's not he's the just, same he's guy. He's just a tough player. I mean, like, it's like the rest. I mean, he's, he's a tough person, like, I think Ronaldo at times is is a phenomenal leader. I don't think he's always a great, like I wouldn't think of, I don't think Ronaldo, like when I think of great leaders in sports, I don't think of Ronaldo. Like I think he has moments where, where he shows some great leadership and stuff, but I I don't think like he's, if anything, I would say the opposite. And yeah, I think for a team that was already just like, so finding its way and like not, not finding its way, uh, lost in its way. And and, and like even starting the season, it was almost like, okay, so when's Ole going to get – like it's just been no sort of plan or like plans that are on top of other plans that don't coincide. So, yeah, I think this summer you just – you have to like finally say, all right, let's 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 restart this thing. You keep – I mean like – look, you keep a guy like Bruno Fernandez. You keep some of those younger guys uh, on, on the team. You're still going to be able to – 
compete and, and play well. But yeah, you get those guys, like you, you can make a lot of money off of Paul Pogba. You can probably still make some money off of, of Harry Maguire. Go get a team with some depth. Go get a team, like go build a midfield. Go get like that. Manchester United has not had a midfield since Ferguson's left. Like it's been non-existent. It's absurd. So it, it's, it's a bad situation. I'm not picking them to make the Champions League by any means. Um, I think I said before, and I think we're kind of seeing it. Looks like West Ham is is losing some steam. So I, it, it looks like it's to me, it's it's a, a North North London derby between Spurs and Gunners. I gotta say, I mean, especially as a Manchester United fan and seeing how our season has gone, you gotta give Mikel Arteta and, and Arsenal a lot of credit for the development. I mean, that that team looked like absolute shit at the start of the season, and and they really have been playing a lot better and and playing like a better team. And I, I like them more than Spurs, but you see those games where as as volatile as Conte is, and you know he's he's going to be gone at the end of this year too. He still is a, is a great manager at times. And man, there's times you watch Harry Kane and and Son, and you're just like, man, you you two are they're just special. Where I think those two are going to be able to do enough. Uh, and I got Spurs getting that fourth Champions League. What do you think? I think you're right. I think West Ham. It's a nice little story. They, they, they do just get so inconsistent, and I don't know if they have, you know, the... I don't know if the matchups down the stretch are, are possi- a possibility. Um, they got they, they got so many points early in the season from, like, the top six, so it, it'll it'll be interesting to see if they're able to... If they're able to just fight out some ties, like... Right, 100%. And if they do, I think that... That is like something that could happen because these other three teams, they all have problems. I agree. I just with the not even just with the form, which is horrendous, but I think also just with the games that they've played already with Manchester United. I, I just don't think they have the 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 schedule's not on their side. I think Arsenal is the most likely to make the Champions League because they still got two to three games in hand. They've allowed the least goals of the four, so I think they're more likely to get those zero zero. 1-1 one, one draws than some of these other teams who Tottenham is is Manchester United in my eyes they're very similar like they got these class players the difference between the two is that Manchester United's version of playing well is that they win <laughs> period and Tottenham can pull out some drubbings they can like just kill people 5-0 randomly and I haven't seen that from Man United this season at all so or like or you know like we were saying like we were like oh you know Man United can play bad, but then they get a game against City and, they, and, and they're able to pull it out. What did Tottenham just kind of do recently? Didn't, didn't look all that well. They come to that game against City and, and are able to, to pull it, yeah. Right. So I think Tottenham, I think you're right. And it's funny because Tottenham's so, like, the lowest of the four, I believe, right now. Um, but I do think Tottenham is, is Arsenal's main pressure just because of form and where these other two teams are headed. Um, now, Arsenal still has to show a lot. The two games that they have to make up, they're against Tottenham and Chelsea. So, like, they're not, they're not like, oh, chalk up points there. Like, right. they could very easily oh, get for- zero points. For, yeah. So, they still have some room to grow. But I, I agree. I think, you know, Tottenham, you know, because they have Harry Kane and, and Hong Min San and, and, and they have so many nice players, I think that we forget how much of a horrible stir pot they're also in. Like, they... Antonio Conte, like the only reason that they're not being talked about more of a laughing stock is because Manchester United is also doing that. So yeah, it will, it will, like he, when he fixes everything, like he like literally was like fire me, and then they go and like beat Manchester City, 
Yeah. He is hilarious. I love that man He's so great. much. He's great. He's Just the, the most, most honest classic coach. Italian yeah. man who's like, I'm going to come here for like three years, and it's made at max, maybe two, maybe one. And it's going to be crazy, but we're going to play some, usually some solid soccer. Right. Yeah, he gets he's, enough results. I'm guessing there was a board meeting where he's like, yeah, I would like to leave. And they're like, why? He's like, you see this team? You want it? What can I do with this team? Huh? What can I do with this team? It's a good contact. Thank you. Um, but that's what he said. He goes, look at this guy. You see this guy? Dele Alli? Why is he still here? Let's send him to Everton. Oh, <laughs> Dele. Like, that's literally Our what poor Dele. Uh, poor Dele. Um, but I agree. And I think with Arsenal, you see exactly what you see with Chelsea, where you had players that were struggling to play together, but definitely had talent. And now you're seeing that turn around because of good coaching. And I think that that is... That is what will get them to that top four. I deserve a top four. Um, and, I, and I just wanted to agree with what you said earlier with the Chelsea whole situation. Rudiger is not the only one. Look at look at Kai Havertz, who like came right. there and people are like, why did we even sign this guy? And now he's scoring at the double. He's really coming into his own Dude, as this good striker. I think they should play him. Yeah, he's great at that. And I'm like, no, he's great. forget Lukaku. Forget yeah. Werner. I mean, Ver- Werner not. is forgotten. Get, yeah. get, <laughs> Werner is forgotten. Like, they're trying, they're just trying to forget work. Lukaku. Right, yeah. No, yeah. I, I what mean, another... You're fun. very, very, very well said. That that ship... Lukaku is, like, his time there might, isn't, like, completely... Werner, that ship has sailed. I that love ship has sailed. But, yeah, it, it had, like, Tugel's come in there, and, and to his credit, has, like... It was one of those. I, I mean, I think there's times, especially when a coach comes into a season and you and like then the team goes on to win a trophy, and you're kind of like, huh, how like how much did the coach have to do? Like, or, or the I think you have to say that he had a, a massive impact on that team and, and the way that they uh, improved their play. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, knowing Manchester United, they're going to sign Lukaku, thinking that's the way to fix their team, <laughs> and they're going to be oh, like, what give me some, and that's who I want. Yeah, you want some players? Get some players in there. You know who you should sign. I want Declan. Would... I want Declan Rice. We need to... what. What I really want Christian is some Erickson meat, is some meat in the midfield. I'd love that. Christian Erickson. I would. I. You know he wants to play at a top team again. Get Christian Erickson. He's gonna at go the kill very... for Brentford. At the very least, you have that presence of a leadership in the thing. That's what they need. They need the classic because the midfield was not always so talented but it was so strong it's not like michael carrick was was this talented talented midfielder of all time right that's not shoddy but, but he played the position he needed, like he, he was there to hold up the attack of the other team he was there to help just keep the possession it's like it, it's a, one of the most unglamorous roles you can play it's like a reason a guy like sergio busquets sometimes is underappreciated by people that don't watch the game or like because it isn't like, but yeah, yeah, 100%. That's what we need. That's why times where it's like, man, I love when Modic plays. He's just, his day's behind him. Yeah, I mean. And but, I think like, Scott, there's times where Scott and McTominay like shows. I, it's just been such a shit show there where I just like, yeah, like nobody's had the time, it seems, to ever be on the same page to start being like, oh, I'm really. Right. Starting to play well. well I, guess I just Mason, don't. I'm asking Mason Greenwood under Ole, but right. I, I just think that like you Fuck look him. at this team. Yeah, screw that guy. Speaking of the whole situation, screw that guy. Um, I want to get that. and not you, Ole. We love you, baby. 
Not not you, Oli. We love you, baby. Come back. Come back. No, Yannick doesn't love you. No, but, you know, I can get over things. He's no, he's dro- not he's a, no Drogba. He's no Drogba. He's no Drogba. He's no yeah. DDA Drogba, let me tell you. Oli's heart- too cute to hate. That is, one, that is one of the cutest. I don't think I've ever called, a, like, an old, well, grandpas can be cute. But, like, a 40 to 60-year-old, probably never called. He, he just looks like a little schoolboy elf. Right. I love him. He looks like Yip, like a younger version of Yip Heinkus when he was at Byron. And let me tell you, Yip Heinkus, one of the best coach of all time. And you know why? Because he played in the era of Robin and Ribery when they were killing it. And his coaching was literally like, yeah, so you guys are really good. Why don't you just do your thing? <laughs> and so Robin hey, was like, you, you mean, you mean cut left and shoot? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Go up that right side. Come inside. And then we'll win. You and see, you see those ten dudes, and they and they're like outfield of the pitch. None of them can keep up with you. You're the fastest white dude of all time. We're putting you in the white dude dunk contest. Oh, see, Aaron Robin in the white boy, white white <laughs> men can't dunk contest. I want to see it. I want to see it. I wonder how tall Aaron Robin is. I wonder if he can get up. Oh, he I can't bet, be taller than five ten. He can't be taller. Than I bet. 5'10". I bet in his day though, he could probably get up. He had, he gets some. They got him listed at five eleven. I wonder if he could, uh, oh. in his prime, I bet you he could dunk. Right. and then He's got to have you some know, strong yeah. leg muscles. I, he has a header or two, I can remember, if I'm correct. But, like, I, I, he's got that bald is, head, is, so that's what I remember. This is going to be a discussion I bring up every time. A random athlete from another from another sport, of if they can dunk. I love I'm that. saying I yes. I'm saying yes for Aryan Robin. I'm I, saying Aryan Robin, this is your ticket. Come on down. <laughs> Maybe not people. right now, but like no, his, of course not. You know, at his prime, 20, 26, 27 year old Robin, absolutely. I think he can do it. I, mean, I think so it. too. This is this is turning out to be great. F- screw the All Star Game. This is the new. This is the new off season. <laughs> yeah, thing. honestly, screw the white boy dunk contest. Just ra- random athletes. Yeah, random athletes dunking. Love as it. Soon, as, as soon as the thing starts and they like start missing them, they're like, ah, oh, this was a horrible decision. Uh, I had fun. I should have seen that coming. Yeah, I had my fun and now this is bad. So <laughs> I don't really know what to do from here. It should have just been a dumb podcast idea. We took this way. I have no idea how we got the funding to get this off the ground. <laughs> This is what happens when people t- t- put too much power in our hands. We don't know how to use it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> My God, who let me do this? Okay, Jan, let's talk uh, a little Italian soccer. Milan okay. going to Napoli this Sunday, getting a big 1-0 win. They are on top of Serie A at the moment. Inter, I still think, have, have a game in hand and, and could pass them with a win. Uh, but currently, top of the, of the league. What kind of implications do you think there are after Milan's big win? I think a lot, and it, and 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 it's and it's it's funny to say that because it's only a three-point difference right now that AC Milan has over Napoli. However, you look at the rest of the schedule; none of the top teams play each other anymore. Like they play, I believe the hardest team that Napoli has to play left is Atalanta. I believe AC Milan plays Atalanta and Lazio, but nobody plays Juventus or Inter anymore. Inter still has to play Juventus once. So that game in hand, we'll see what happens. That's um, big. But I think the points are very even this way out. Like, sure, AC Milan and Napoli and Inter, they're, they're not going to win every game because that's not how Italian soccer works. But at this point, all the teams, they're favored in so many games that I think the balance of, like, 
who slips here and there will even out. So I think a three-point difference gives AC Milan that edge, where even if they lose an extra game, they can still, you know, be in that race. Um, so I think it does make a big difference, because it was the last really big clash other than Inter-Juve, um, and it's the last time they'll be able to take points away from each other. So I think it does give AC Milan a boost, and uh, if they can just avoid any massive, like, streaks of bad luck here, I, I think that they can land on the top of the Serie A, which, you know, I didn't wasn't very confident of uh, going into a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think there's a lot of times you talk about, ah, oh, a win over victory, what's it mean, blah, blah, blah. It can, but no, I think this one definitely has has some big implications, and I think implications in, in the Serie A title because it kind of, I mean, even just the way we've been talking about it, I feel like we even felt it was more like a two, maybe two and a half race with like Napoli because Milan also was just like trajectory-wise, just not been playing well. Just and even when they were playing well in the earlier in the season, it wasn't all that most of like convincing of victories. Um, so I, I think you know, anytime you get a you go on the road, you get a very tough fought out 1-0 victory against another team that's in that title race with you. That that alone is something to build on. Uh, the points are big. Yeah, I, I think it's I, I think it is one of those games that in the grand scheme of things is, is gonna come come into play in, in the title race and, and really give AC Milan a legitimate chance at, at breaking that, what is it, 11-year duck now that they haven't won the Scudetto? Yeah, 11-year duck. That is true. I, I think I that's what who I saw are, when I was... Who are they? Manchester United? No, God. What oh, fake-ass club is that? It's okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> I'm resigned to it. Oh, no. I'm just ready for the hate to stop. Yeah. I've never been good. Like, ah, oh, screw it. We're not good. Yeah, I'm. You know, I, I've seen. I literally, as a Manchester United fan, I think I've seen one Premier League title, one FA Cup, and one Europa League. I mean, come the fuck on. Yeah, who are you, Sevilla? No, <laughs> you're not Sevilla. But you're not Sevilla, kings of the tall. Europa That'd be League. Great. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. If I'd be Sevilla, I'd be pissed. One Europa League? We should have like 15. Let's talk uh, Spanish soccer. Sevilla sitting in second, still feel pretty secure there. Barca now up to third, and Letty in fourth. Betis and Associate Real Sociedad sitting there at fifth and sixth. Do you think those two Jans still have enough to continue to challenge Barca and, and Letty and kind of maybe one week they're up there at the third and fourth spot or have you and, and, and you know, kind of give those guys a, a, a race or a battle for those spots? Or now that, that they've kind of positioned themselves back in the top four, maybe looking a little better, do, do you think Barca and Letty kind of keep moving forward and, and don't look back? Yeah, I, I think the latter. I think that it's not... Normally, I would say that because of just the talent gap between these teams is usually so big that by the time right. they position themselves... But I actually don't think that. I think this time, the reason I believe they'll stay there is because both of these teams are playing very, very well. Atleti has found their kind of new f form in the offense, which is was important for them. And Xavi's got Barcelona ticking. I'm, I don't think that they're going to make a run for the title at all. They're too far behind. But they are playing so hot that, like, regardless of talent gap, I think that Betis and Sociedad are going to have some trouble hanging on just because they're playing so well. So I just think the hotter teams are Atleti and Barcelona, and it has less to do with talent and more to do with form. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I I really, really like Betis. I like Sociedad. I, they're both strong teams. They like, they're fun to watch, creative play. Uh, Betis, I think, because you know, they got Frankfurt and Europa League, still some chance to maybe do something. In, in in Europe, uh, but but yeah, no, this is this is over, and, and you said it's because of just the form, the way that Barcelona and Atletico have been playing, and, and the way that they've been looking 
it's those, those transfers for Barca. It, I like I expected them to, to help them, but like it was very very immediate, um, and and it really does seem like they're finding themselves. Do you think uh, they got a chance to to give Sevilla a good run for second? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think they 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 are picking up all the points they need to. Um, so and I don't see Sevilla. Sevilla's been playing well too. So I. I it's going to depend they on, are, on who. They are a team that, that are good at not dropping points. Where the, the, the gap they have is is, is going to make it tough on Barca, certainly. 100%, 100%. But I love what Xavi's doing with Barcelona. Xavi has really, like, reinvented the 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 identity of a Barcelona team that when he came to was was an absolute shambles. So I have every faith that Barcelona can do everything in that league except for challenge for the title just because Real Madrid is too good and too far ahead. So... But I think everything else is possible, so I definitely think they could they could go after they, it. They got to be like pretty clear Europa League favorites now, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and if you're Xavi, that's how you that's how you start the season. You win the Europa League, and then you tell the world, "Yeah, we were here this year. We're coming back next." And you guys right. are going to have to watch for it. And I love that. I'm I'm all for Barcelona right now. I really, really am. It's fun. It is fun to, to like the way they're playing. It's, it's fun, and and yeah, it, it, the, the, just the revitalization that Xavi's brought. Plus, how do you not like Xavi? And we've had so many, we've had so many like old players who I like that have gone to their clubs and not done well. And uh, it's still a little early for for Xavi, but I hope he, you know, lasts like Pirlo and Lampard. And I'm not even talking Oli. Like I'm talking like the big time names that have come back and just kind of woofed it. So I hope, especially because Xavi is just like he's he's Barca through and through. Yeah. Barca through and through. I love, we love Xavi. The Xavi and Iniesta era, always the best era. Like, Messi was there too, but sometimes I'm like, Xavi and Iniesta. Insane. That was, that was the midfield of all time. And they really, were insane. Really yeah. Like, you, you couldn't, like, on their day, you couldn't do anything if you had sat midfield. They're like, no, sorry. You, no, and you're not, this, oh, this ball? <laughs> Mine. The whole damn game. Right, 100%. Because you had. everyone. Like, it, like. It didn't. Ma- it would be the Champions League final. It'd be like they are miles ahead of everybody. Right, and that's why they dominated for so long. And like, yeah, Messi was great, but uh, b- between the two of them, Iniesta and Xavi possessed every possible uh, trait that a midfielder needed. The do- the rough, the doggedness, the the forward runs, the back the back defending, the leadership, the dribbling, the passing. Like they literally had everything. Like they had. There was nothing they were missing. I remember, like, when, uh, like, their real, like, heyday, when you would read, like, some of the passing, like, completed passing statistics of their games or just be like, Chavi and Iniesta themselves had, like, a 1,000. Um, Real had 30. Like, yeah. what? They missed one pass. They made 72. <laughs> it was insert Like, those two would outpass full teams, like, consistently. It was ridiculous. But yeah, it's good to see Barca again, uh, and we've got we've got some fun. You know, we kind of were worried that some of these races in general would be too straightforward and boring, but we've got some fun soccer we'll be watching. Absolutely. Yes.